Although the Big Ten does have its next commissioner in place, I don't think that means that the wheels are in motion for the Pac-12 to get poached again anytime soon. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Today's show is brought to you in part by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. We'll have more on FanDuel here in just a minute. First, though, again, welcome to the show. Be sure to follow along wherever it is that you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter, too. It's at LockedOnBig10, one zero at the end when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. Coming up on today's show, we got a crossover episode with Pac 12 The Big Ten and the Pac-12 had a whole lot of stuff going on right now. Big Ten just has gotten its next commissioner in place. He'll take over next month, Tony Petiti. And the Pac-12 is still trying to figure out its media rights deal and also still very, very much worried about losing schools in the next round of expansion. So we're going to talk to Spencer McLaughlin as he hosts Locked On Pac-12 and leads the conversation here from the start. But we'll get into a discussion about the relationship between the Pac-12 and the Big Ten right now, the likelihood that the Big Ten could be expanding again soon, and the likelihood that when the Big Ten does expand, it ends up taking a couple of those Pac-12 schools away from the conference again. We'll get into all of that here with Spencer as we get into a deep conversation on really some big, big picture stuff between the Big Ten and the Pac-12, as this relationship could very well still be the biggest as far as what will happen next in college sports. I still think it's more likely than anything that the next move that gets made is a Pac-12 team, or two most likely, headed to the Big Ten. But we'll get into that with Spencer when he asks me about that and other stuff here in just a moment. Before we get into any of that, a reminder that FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sponsor of Locked On, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Grand slams, no-hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. You can bet on anything across all of baseball. Get a couple of bets put together in a same game parlay over at FanDuel and get that money back if your first bet doesn't win. Up to $1,000 at FanDuel.com slash locked on when you join today. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, let's get into this conversation with Spencer here as we start off your week on Locked On Big Ten. We'll talk about the new commissioner here in the Big Ten, what exactly he's thinking as far as the next steps for expansion and if it could be the Pac-12 that he's going after. And we'll get into, again, just the big picture 
relationship between these two conferences right now and what could be coming next as we try to get into speculating what is a still very changing landscape in college sports. That conversation coming up with me and Spencer McLaughlin, who you're here now from Locked On Pac-12 here on Locked On Big Ten. Yes, started. So this has been a hire that we've been kind of waiting to to hear about. No better man to bring on to break it down than Nate Dickinson. He's at Nate with Sports on Twitter. He's the host of Locked On Big Ten. Nate, welcome back to Locked On Pac-12. It's uh, unlikely to be the last time now or in the future that we have these conference crossover shows here at the Locked On Network because this stuff just doesn't feel like it's ever going away. <laughs> No, Spencer, it doesn't, and hopefully we'll start now to be able to at least get the wheels moving, at least now that this hire has been made, but I mean, we'll talk about it, of course. Yeah, so let, let's start with Tony Petiti, the name of uh, the new Big Ten commissioner, the conference that has already uh, poached USC and UCLA and left the Pac-12 in a rather precarious spot. We'll get to that dynamic and whatnot, how it could further unfold later in the show, but who who is this guy? Uh, This is a guy who really is a little bit of everything as far as what the Big Ten was going after here. He wasn't one of the names that we had really put our highlights on as far as who could be taking this job. It's not Jim Phillips, the current ACC commissioner who now has an extension. It's not someone from within house like uh, Kerry Kenny was someone who's actually in the Big Ten offices who apparently had a lot to do with the media rights deal stuff, who was getting his name attached to this. Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State potentially, but I never really thought they were really going to go inside the conference for this hire. It ends up being Petiti, and he's someone who has a long, long resume behind him too. A Harvard Law graduate, so if you want to keep the kid smart, you've got that side of it. You've got the fact that he was the former COO of the MLB, so he's dealt with owners and front office people before, and these Big Ten commissioners right now could use somebody to try and get them a little bit more organized right now. He also has the media side of things to his name as well. Former executive at CBS and ABC, a former CEO of the MLB Network. He also created the BCS, the thing that actually decided who won college football national championships for the a good old days. There. So he's got <laughs> plenty behind his name. He's got sports background. He's got media background. He's got plenty of education to him as well. He checks all the boxes the Big Ten was going after here, and he's as good as I think you could get from a candidate as far as just what's actually on paper here. So I've long held the opinion and continue to believe that the Big 12 is much less likely to be able to to tank the Pac-12, whereas the Big Ten absolutely could. The Big Ten... Anytime they desired to, now their desire does not appear to be imminent, and I want to ask about that in a sec, but just real quick, the Big Ten, if they wanted to, if they offered Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal, I have a hard time seeing those schools saying, ah, no, we're we're, we're good over here for, for various reasons. But where does Petiti kind of leave the mindset for the Big Ten, who, you know, came on, on the offensive seemingly out of nowhere with, you know, Fox involved and USC heavily involved to start all those negotiations and whatnot. They get USC and UCLA, they make the big splash move. And then back in July or August, it was being reported that they were evaluating those four schools, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, but ultimately decided, and we're not going to do that right now. So it's kind of seemed like The presidents are content to stand pat. Then you had Kevin Warren leaving after just a few years. And what an eventful three years it was as commissioner of the Big Ten. Where does Petiti, in your view, leave 
the the mindset for the conference on the expansion and realignment front? I think that at least at the very beginning, it will be very, very quiet. Um, part of the reason why I'm sure Petiti gets this job is because when he went in and he interviewed, he was able to at least convince the people on this board that was going after this hiring process that he's going to be able to be a unified voice of the Big Ten here. And what that means is basically he's going to be the talking puppet that the commissioners and the front offices and uh, presidents and chancellors, I should say, not commissioners, want him to be. Because that's not what Kevin Warren always was. He was very, very quick moving and very, very adamant about going after more expansion options or at least looking at it. And it ruffled some feathers from within the Big Ten, as not everyone is in agreement that expansion is the right thing or further expansion is the right thing right now. So I believe more than anything else that while the Big Ten, I'm sure, had a long laundry list of guys who have all sorts of great, great things to put on the resume, the reason why Petiti gets this job, at least in part, is because he made it very clear that he's ready to be that voice of the Big Ten that maybe doesn't tell us exactly what's going on, but tells us what the Big Ten wants us to hear. Because Kevin Warren was not exactly making everybody happy with some of the things that he was saying in the media at all times. So at least at the very beginning, I expect him to be very, very much conservative in what he's saying, just because he's going to be trying to figure out what exactly it is makes everybody happy. So you, you said that the Big Ten presidents and chancellors right now are are very much wanting to stand pat, right? Like they don't want to expand further at this point in time. Why? It, it's not that all expand. It seems to be more if there should be more expansion at all. Uh, the schools at the top, the Ohio states, the Michigans, are still pretty concerned, I think, about what exactly adding a school like USC is going to do to the power structure at the top of the Big Ten. UCLA too, but as far as the money and stuff goes, they need some catching up to do. But as far as putting those two schools in, I'm still thinking that those top institutions are worried about what exactly it means when they actually get in here, as far as like who's running things in the conference. So I don't think it's a matter of everybody not wanting to expand. I think there's some schools that would be perfectly fine with it, but there has not been an agreement uh, really amongst the Big Ten front offices, it seems, at least since they added USC and UCLA as to what the next move is. And that's something that Petiti might be able to at least start the conversation on is, okay, what is the strategy? My first order of business is making sure everyone's happy if I'm Tony Petiti. My second order of business is, okay, let's figure out what the actual plan is here going forward. Are we going to try and get more Pac-12 teams? Are we going to wait and just be reactionary to whatever the next move is? There's a whole lot of options, and the Big Ten has, as I mean, you cover it too. Whenever an expansion rumor comes out, it seems like every other week there's something different that people are saying. So it's not that the Big Ten can't or doesn't want to expand. It's that it just can't really agree on anything right now. So nothing's happening. Yeah, I, I have a theory about what their next expansion move could be involving a Pac-12 school, but not necessarily Pac-12 schools. We'll get to that after we get to FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. You can bet on grand slams, no hitters and double plays. You know, all that stuff is back, which means you can bet on baseball. No better place to get in 
on Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You can bet the NBA playoffs there as well in full swing. That Kings-Warriors game yesterday, boy, that was some spicy, spicy stuff. And if you want to have action on it, FanDuel's the place to go. And right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if you don't win. So don't miss your chance for that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up and get your chance at that no-sweat first bet. That's money back if you're bo- or the bonus bets if you don't win. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So when I've mentioned the Big Ten, excuse me, here on the show before, Nate, right, it's usually in the context of Oregon and Washington because they are now, from a television standpoint, and I'm going to need a sip of water in a sec, (laughs) they're the schools that everyone's kind of looking at and saying, well, the Big Ten would be most interested in them. They're the most appealing, you know, uh, athletics programs are the biggest television draws. They're the only football schools who have made the playoff, all that sort of stuff. Here's a theory I want want your, your, your thought on here. The best option out there for the Big Ten to expand is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is more valuable than either Oregon or Washington, if you're just talking about from a television standpoint, but I think from an academic standpoint, probably as well. Washington is much closer. Oregon is you know, definitely behind uh, uh, both of them. But if the Big Ten, let, let's say, I assume there are at least a couple presidents who would look at it and say, okay, we want Notre Dame. You're never going to make these realignment moves, like almost never, in odd numbers. So you would need someone to then pair with Notre Dame, who is an old rival of USC, who plays them every year, who also plays Notre Dame every year. That is a perfect academic fit in the Big Ten. Look, I know their sports have been really bad, but I'm telling you, I could see the next Big Ten realignment move. This could be two years. This could be five years. This could be 10 years, whatever. I could see it being Notre Dame and Stanford, Nate. What do you make of that? Well, it, first off, uh, you mentioned before about the like presidents of the Big Ten. We talked about how they can't seem to agree on anything. I think if they call up today and say, hey, Notre Dame wants to join in on this, then then it's a different story. As always, when we had talked about, uh, like even before the Big Ten got USC and UCLA, about what the next move was, about expanding, it had always been Notre Dame's the next school. But it's just that Notre Dame has never really, really shown that kind of interest in joining the conference. So if they want to come in, Big Ten would take them in a heartbeat. In fact, I'd go as far as to say that if Notre Dame called and said, hey, you can have us, but you have to take Stanford too because we want to keep that rivalry going, Big Ten may even go along with that as well. Because having Notre Dame is an entirely different animal. Getting Notre Dame is getting something that may be bigger than any move that's been made so far in any of this expansion that's been done across the country. It's a school that really is in its own bracket as far as the money that it brings in with its football program alone. So if the Fighting Irish want to come to the Big Ten, Big Ten, I'm sure, has asked many times before. I I mean, it's like I said, if Notre Dame called up and said, hey, you can have us, but you have to bring in Stanford too because we want to keep playing them, I think the Big Ten might even go as far as to do that too. But it makes a whole lot of sense. It's to answer your question is yes, but it's not, that's not on the big 10 to make the first move on that's on Notre Dame. Right. So I, I just think it would make a, a, a lot of logical sense because Notre Dame and Stanford have that history. Stanford would be a perfect academic fit in 
the pack. Stanford doesn't have a direct tie to Cal. They're, you know, rivals on the football field, but they could keep playing in a non-conference battle. You know, Florida and Florida State, Iowa and Iowa State play. It's not like that stuff is unheard of. Stanford's also in the Bay Area media market, which is kind of being underserved in in the Pac-12, just with the way those athletic programs have, you know, performed over over the last several years. There, there are, you know, commitment questions that swirl around them, I think, fairly at times, though. I, I will point out again, I don't know what's going to happen with Cal football this year. They might fire Justin Wilcox if things don't go well, but they just made a hire in Mark Madsen, who is making noise immediately. I think that guy is going to win right away. So if they can, you know, kind of right the ship there, you, you just you, you never know. That was on the Cal front, Stanford, a different a different question of sorts. But I could just see that fit happening. But look, let's go to the other Pac-12 schools there because I think Stanford can can provide some value to to the Big Ten, but the other ones that, that have been mentioned before that are in the opposite category of Notre Dame, whereas the Big Ten wants Notre Dame and Notre Dame just has to say yes. Oregon and Washington, I think, want the Big Ten, but the Big Ten has to say yes. So what do you make of that kind of dichotomy right now in terms of, you know, the conference wanting versus the school wanting a, a potential move to happen? I think that the Big Ten's much closer to saying yes than, say, Notre Dame would be saying yes to the Big Ten. Really? I think that if the Big Ten wanted to make that move over the next couple of years, I think it's very, I mean, if I'm putting in my list, like, okay, what are the next moves that the Big Ten makes whenever they make it? For me, it's more a question of when the move is made, of whether or not, of more than it is what the actual move is. I think it's right now clearly that Oregon and Washington are the easiest answer because of what you said about television rights, but also what you said about just how easy it would be to get them to say yes and get on board and also give USC and UCLA some neighbors over there in the Big Ten too, because that is still a legitimate concern. The fact that those two schools are going to be having to go across the country for every single game that they play here. So uh, while all of that's all still in play, I think that at least right now, I would have the Oregon-Washington option as option number one whenever the Big Ten can agree that they want to add more schools. Do you think that there's any appeal to adding the Bay Area schools in addition, or do you think they would just look at at two? Like, is there is there a possibility of four? I think that there's situations where four, you could argue, is the smarter move. Uh, but I think that with the hesitancy that we're seeing right now with these guys already to make another move, I don't know if you can get to the point where you're able to pull the trigger on two and then you go ahead and risk trying to add four and trying to mess things up. So I, I think that smaller moves are where the Big Ten is looking at right now. I, I There had been rumors about it, and it, you obviously know this too. There was the rumors about the four different schools that the Big Ten were officially negotiating with at some point in one way or another. I forget what the exact... Uh, wording was i don't remember if they got some negotiations or not but there there were there was that they were at least being evaluated yeah yeah that's what it was there there may have been some loose contact between school officials but they were being evaluated by they were like evaluating the potential of reaching out to make contact or something like that yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, something like that but that was when we were talking about four schools and that was something that at the time when kevin warren was still here was getting pretty clearly shut down by some people in the big 10. So I think that that's something where going from 16 to 20 is something that probably happens at some point, but I think it's much more likely to happen in two different steps, uh, in two different moves of two throughout the course of 
however many years this is going to take. Right. Yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of logic there for the Big Ten. And, you know, m- maybe, and, and, I'll, and I'll ask about this in a sec, but maybe the Big Ten presidents and chancellors are looking at the current realignment landscape and saying, okay, we've dipped our toe into the water on the West Coast, but we can't go all in on, you know, adding two or four more teams here. And by the way, if they did add them to the Big Ten and made them, you know, less than full media rights earning members, which is probably what they would have to do, right? Because, you know, the Bay Area, Pacific Northwest, there, there's media market value there, but it's probably not at USC and UCLA's level. Um, they could maybe get to full rights earning members as, as full rights earning members one day. But even so, the Pac-12 schools, I, I think, would uh, would pretty readily take that. But I wonder if the Big Ten, Nate, isn't looking at the, the prospect or thinking about it, you know, as they have before, you know, at the very least done their due diligence and examine what it would look like, what it would cost, how it would work and all that sort of stuff. And looked at, you know, adding schools on the West Coast and saying, OK, we added USC and UCLA. That's a big splash move. So the Big Ten doesn't need to do another realignment move right now. They don't need to keep up. They don't need to do anything else. They can do things if they want to. They're in a position of power and leverage. But I wonder if they don't look at the two schools at West and say, why don't we just let this play out for a bit, kind of give it a try, see what the kinks are, see what works, see what doesn't, and and then think about, you know, how we can properly go forward going over to the the West Coast, right? Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. And I think that's what plenty of the people who are in the Big Ten in these positions who are on the side of, hey, let's not really keep going here. That's the same point that they're trying to make. It's not that it doesn't make everybody more money and the paychecks get bigger and everything right now. It's a matter of trying to figure out what exactly is the best thing to do. Let's not make the wrong move just because we feel like we have to make a move. Uh, There's all sorts of different options out here. You can go Oregon, Washington. You can go Stanford and Cal if you really wanted to. You can get a combination of any of those two over there. You can try and go over to the East Coast and try and grab like a Miami, Florida State or something if you really want to try and shake things up. Get a Duke, North Carolina, make the best basketball conference that's ever existed. It's that kind of a wide open map right now. So with a lot of options on the board, I do think there's a pretty decent chance that at least like this offseason, we don't see the Big Ten make any sort of moves or try to make any sort of moves towards making expansion. I think there's a good chance that up until USC and UCLA get here, the Big Ten doesn't actually make any more moves, even though rumors might come out. And of course, everything like that will happen. The only thing I really see making the Big Ten make anything really significant happen anytime soon is if this media rights deal that you guys are figuring out ends up being something where, oh, well, the West Coast schools also just got a whole lot cheaper too. So that's one thing. And that's the only, that's, I would say too, that is the next domino that the Big Ten is waiting to see fall is what exactly does that deal look like when it happens? The thing about the deal though, for, for the Big Ten is, does what the deal end up being does that change the valuation of how they see those four potential schools, right? Like Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington. Did, would if, if the Pac-12 were to go past everyone's expectations, my own included, and get a deal you know, that's close to the ACC on a per-year basis and go past the Big 12, would that change how the conference views any schools in the Pac-12? Because I don't think it really would. I, I think they have a set view and I don't know that anything could really 
you know, change change going forward, right? And now that and they've got the new commissioner in there, I don't know. Do do you think it could? I think I don't think the actual signing of the deal really changes how much the Big Ten values the schools, but I do think the Big Ten does have that inherently just slightly overvalued sense on those West Coast schools. Just because again, I really do believe that there's a little bit of an effort for the Big Ten to try and get somebody else on that West Coast so it isn't just USC and UCLA sticking out over there on that one side. Uh, There is, I think, some geographical motivation to get at least somebody else in here for the right price. So again, if that meteorite deal lowers the price enough, it could put things into motion. But it's, it's a big, big hypothetical kind of thing at this point. Yeah, I, I I agree, but I don't think it's you know a hypothetical that's out of the realm of possibility. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we've been talking about hypotheticals for the last six months here on the show. Some a bit more realistic than than others. Uh, bringing it back to the new commissioner for for just a moment, Tony Petiti. What do you feel like his priorities are? You know, in in his early tenure in office as the Big Ten's commissioner. It's all about getting everyone on the same page. There have been 14 institutions here since it has been announced that Kevin Warren isn't going to be part of this conference who have, through podcasts, through interviews at podiums, been giving off these little sound bites that we've been overanalyzing. And it seems like not it's everyone my just favorite knows pastime, exactly what Nate, they're going to Overanalyzing do. Yeah. sound bites. It's like my number one go-to hobby. When people say, exactly. what do you do for fun? I overanalyze sound bites. Duh. Anyway, continue. Exactly, exactly. And it seems that with everybody else trying to get their own little opinion in, a commissioner would be a really nice way for everyone to have somebody to complain to, to talk to, and get at least everybody on that same page. Because without somebody doing that and speaking for the Big Ten, we have a whole bunch of different voices saying a whole lot of different things. And it really is just confused people like me and people like you as to what the next move is here for the conference that is trying to become the most powerful in all of college sports right now still too. So when he takes over in what is going to be officially about a month from now, that's the first thing is get everybody on a phone call or whatever it is, a meeting, and at least try to understand, hey, here's what I want. Here's what the message is going to be. Unify the Big Ten again, because at least publicly in what we've been hearing, there's been a whole lot of confusion. And once you get that public narrative going, then you can start getting into the nitty gritty of, okay, now inside closed doors, what do we actually want going on? Yeah. I I think that's a logical way for him to approach it. Cause like I said earlier, the big 10 is not hiring him because they're in some dire financial situation or because they're a fledgling conference or anything like that. They, they can kind of do whatever they, they feel like doing right now. You mentioned the, the, the possibility of, you know, going shopping in the ACC, like, Duke and North Carolina in the Big Ten. Yeah, I could totally see it. Like those are premier academic institutions. Those are big time sports brands. You know, not not as much football, but basketball certainly. Where the Big Ten is, you know, like the Pac-12, trying to win for the first time in about two decades a national championship in in men's basketball. The thing that's tricky with that though is that grant of rights that the ACC deal has got for every single school, and it runs through twenty thirty six. And it's it remains to be seen whether or not they'd be able to get out of that hypothetically. Some schools might, some schools might not. We don't really know, but it seems like at the very least, it's a major hurdle. Whereas the Pac-12, I think the Big Ten's next expansion move is more likely to be in the Pac-12 
than in the ACC because I don't think the Pac-12 media deal is going to be more than six years. And I think that's, I think seven is like the absolute total maximum upper limit. My guess has been five or six. So I think that'd be a more plausible path forward for, for the Big Ten here. Mm-hmm. And and we'll see exactly how that media rights deal ends up shaking out because there was, I mean, you, I'm sure no more, you'd be able to tell me about it. That was the article way back where it said it was uh, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal at one point were saying they weren't going to sign on to a deal that didn't give them an out to go somewhere else early. I, I don't know that any of that stuff got got confirmed. At least okay. that I can I can remember. But I, I remember talking about the stories and and believing the reporting that you know the Big Ten was evaluating those four schools because I was like, yeah, that that would that would make a, a lot of sense there. Stanford football at its peak. Oh, how quickly we forget what what it was. You know, come the 2010 to 2015 era or, or whatnot. And you, you know, I don't know how much you you talk about this. I talk about yeah. it more than than most people perhaps. There is an academic component to all of this at, at some level and Oregon, Washington, Stanford and Cal at all, you know, Oregon barely fits the bill, but they've got the AAU label that would help. And then Washington, Stanford, Cal, big research institutions, very high academic reputations. And in the big 10, they do more research than any other power five conference in the country. Well, yeah. And it, it is important to note that even with the USC and UCLA, every school in the big 10 does still have that AAU name next to it. Yep. So, that is something that a whole lot of the people at the fronts of these universities care about too. So that's a whole another part of it as well. But I mean, yes, I agree with you. Moving again in the Pac-12 is much more likely than trying to get something to move in the ACC. But at the same time, you've said it before, if the Big Ten wants to get Oregon, Oregon and Washington, they could probably get them at the same time. I feel like if the Big Ten just wanted to throw a whole bunch of money at something to try and get through these contracts, they could probably do that too. We just saw the SEC pay $100 million to get Oklahoma and Texas one year earlier. So it's not like these things are out of the question and there's any well, isn't sort that of- Oklahoma and Texas paying a combined $100 million to the Big 12 schools? Paying combined $100 million to the Big 12 schools. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... It- I think I think, I think think that money comes from Texas from the and Oklahoma. Yeah, and they have to pay it to the other teams who they're leaving early on. But then, you know, it is kind of indirectly from the SEC right. because they're willing to do that because of the the extra money they're going to get from the SEC. Well, the the point is that the money is there to be spent and thrown around to get right. these schools from the other conferences. So I feel like with the advantage the Big Ten's going to start getting, especially once this media deal actually kicks in, there could easily be a point where the Big Ten's like, we got all this money to spend. Why don't we just go buy everything we want, all the schools we want out of here? So it, that's, again, another thing that's a hypothetical way, way, way down the road. But yes, Pac-12 much more likely to get poached than the ACC is with the way things are currently written up. Well, short term down the road, long term down the road, whatever it is, we'll stay in touch with Nate Dickinson. He's the host of Locked On Big Ten on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts Monday through Friday. Interesting interplay between these two conferences here. Nate, thanks so much for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me.